Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for taking time to join us as we talk about the sport of kings. Each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. You can always join us, catch us. If you miss us, you can grab us on podcast. No excuse to join in on the action. Right now, I I was looking at this, and it just kind of caught me off guard. 37 days, 37 days away from Derby 137. Am am I right? Is it already upon? Actually, it's 36 days, 22 hours, and 22 minutes. So you got to miss by a day. Isn't that beautiful? But can you believe it's already coming upon us? It is a great time of year to be a horse racing fan. Winning Ponies had a good run last week. Predictions over $1.9 million in improving each and every race because there are races still going on at this hour. We're on Twitter, Facebook. You can catch us at www.winningponies.com. Color-coded tier levels for the hardcore gambler down to the novice. Makes it really easy to use, understand, and to put it to work to start making money. Detailed rider trainer stats. I think this is one of the most important things out there. That, and I love the weather tab. You can change the weather. Turf gets, uh, it's nice and fast in the morning. You get a deluge of rain. Now you can change it to a little bit of a soft going. Change prediction buttons, and you get a whole new set. Maybe they change a little bit. Maybe they change a whole lot if they come off the turf or the track condition changes dramatically. But the detailed rider trainer stats are new this year, and they are really sharp and hot. Handy icons, which make handicapping just that much easier as they jump out and they will bite you and remind you how many times I've, uh, over the years, played a filly against the boys. Three-year-old running against older. Etc. 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 The handy icons will solve that for you. Drop it in class. Love to see it. Love to see it. Check us out. See for yourself. We got blogs, stories. The predictions are red hot. Once again, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Check us out. www.winningponies.com. Stop gambling and start winning. Check us out for yourself. What's on tap for tonight? Recap of last weekend, as usual. Biggins, how Winning Ponies was doing, hopefully how you were doing. 
And a little story to kind of kick us off, get us rolling. Segment number two, we're going to chat with professional rider with over 4,800 trips to the winter circle. Exhibits a calm, steady form on horseback and his utmost professionalism on and off the track. Mr. Alex Solis is going to be joining us. Segment number two. Segment number three, we're going to have 23-year-old riding sensation who became the first woman rider to win the fairgrounds meet, the 139th fairgrounds meet with 110 wins, and then the first female to win the Louisiana Derby, Miss Rosie Napravnik is going to be joining us. Big night, big night in effect here on Winning Ponies. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to kick it off. And if we get a little time left, we've always got time for stories, some handicapping. But let's talk to the folks that are hot and they matter. They're going to be giving us a call here. We're going to be calling them, I should say. And uh, hopefully uh, Rosie's actually in transit uh, from Fairgrounds. I believe she's going to Delaware and or maybe she's coming up this way for Keeneland. We're going to let her tell that part of the story, but I do know she is traveling. Spoke to her agent, Derek, and what a nice guy. He just—he was just really, really sharp. Alex Solis, uh, his agent, the same thing. Mike Kelly was a nice, nice gentleman. Uh, they're letting me pester him a few times this week. Alex, just a true gentleman, called me this morning. But uh, looking forward to chatting with both of them. Hope you are as well. Let's kick everything off. Let's talk about stakes results from last Saturday. Louisiana Derby Grade Two Fairgrounds, one million dollars going a mile and a through three-year-olds. Pants on fire goes to the winner's circle. Anna Rosie Napravnik for Kelly Breen wins by a neck. Only the winner's share is only $600,000. Pants on fire, very, very possibly derby bound for Mr. Breen. Fairgrounds Oaks, grade two fairgrounds, half a million bucks up for grabs. Daisy Devine is the winner. James Graham is the rider by a half a length. New Orleans Handicap, grade two at fairgrounds. A mile and an eighth for $396,000. Mission Impossible. Garrett, go, 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 miss for Todd the Squad Pletcher. Length and a half. Mervyn H. Benes Memorial, grade two at Fairgrounds. Once again, $396,000. A mile and an eighth on the weeds. Winner Smart Bid, Edgar Prado for Graham Motion, wins by a nose. The Vinery Racing Spiral Stakes, grade three at Turfway Park, a half million dollars. Up for grabs, a mile and an eighth. Winner, impressively, Animal Kingdom. I was on hand to see this. Alan Garcia, Graham Motion, doing their duty there. Graham Motion having a very nice weekend indeed. Wins by two and three parts of length. Animal Kingdom just came storming out of nowhere, and, and usually the poly track doesn't play like that. But Animal Kingdom does. The son of Leroy de Sanamu, Brazilian bread. Real deal, if he likes the dirt. I think he's derby bound. Pan American Grade Three at Gulfstream, one hundred and fifty thousand up for grabs. Rahi's attorney with Emma Wilson up wins by three parts of length. The Tokyo City Cup at Santa Anita Grade Three event for a hundred thousand worth repeating is the winner Martin Pedroza for Dick Mandela wins by a half. The Bourbon at Oaks Grade Three at Turfway Park, a hundred thousand up for grabs going a mile. Summer Soiree, Gabe Saez and Larry Jones win by ten and three parts length. Impressive gal there indeed. Now that's something that you're going to want to remember when actually when the Oaks do come into full effect, you're going to want to remember that and just kind of see where it lays. Now we also had some uh, foreign stakes to uh, discuss. And it was in Dubai, Dubai World Cup, sponsored by Emirates Airlines. 
Grade one, ten million dollars, the richest race in the world. Winner is Victoria Pisa. I guess it's Marco de Muro. It wins by a half a length and was very impressive indeed. The Japanese bred runner, very nice. Uh, ten million dollars up for grabs. The Dubai Duty Free, sponsored by Dubai Duty Free. Winner is Precivis, and that is uh, Richard Moore for uh, Luciano Cumani. Wins by three parts of length. The Dubai Shima Classic is belongs to Rewilding with Frankie DeTori. The Dubai Golden Shaheen Rocket Man. I caught that when I saw this. When uh, that was when I flipped it on and I watched it. Very impressive indeed by Rocket Man. And then we've got uh, at uh, Rose Hill. If you're uh, if you're an Australian racing fan, Grade One, the Flinders Lane Rose Hill Guineas. Jimmy Crew wins by a half a length. And there we got uh, got a little bit of European racing. Got racing all around the globe. Makes it all that much more fun. Speaking about more fun, let's talk about the biggins. Hopefully you were aboard and you had them locked and loaded. Friday, March 25th, there were 97 total biggins. Remington Park led the pack. Race three in a Superfecta, 8,168.60. That's pretty fair. Saturday, March 26th, 120 total biggins. Tampa Bay Downs leads the pack. Race 10, a Superfecta, 4,297.80. Sunday, March 27th, 79 total biggins. Tampa Bay Downs, race one, a Superfecta box. 7,001,1480. Monday, March 28th, 11 total biggins. Mountaineer race six, the Superfecta, 18,528 bucks. Tuesday, March 29th, 30 total biggins. Mountaineer race number six, a Superfecta, pays $649. Wednesday, March 30th, 38 total biggins. Aqueduct race number six, a Superfecta, 1,452 even. And then today, Thursday, March 31st, 17 total biggins. Gulfstream race two, a Superfecta key, $2,240.20. We had a whole lot of action going on. So hopefully you were aboard. We're at actually $1,947,133 in exotic predictions. Hope you had all of that because I like to see winners all around. And speaking of one, we have a gentleman on hold, Mr. Alex Solis. We're going to be getting to him momentarily here, and very glad to have him on. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. Gentlemen, on and off the track, everything that I've read, seen for myself, enjoyed. Boy, I don't think there's more of a steady hand in the saddle. I said that earlier. Very, It looks really, really good on a horse. Win or lose, first by many, middle of the pack, dead last if, if need be. Always really looks good and puts forth a great effort, but he's going to be joining us here as our special guest this week, Mr. Alex Solis. So you're going to want to stay tuned with us for the second break here coming up in a few minutes. Let me jump out to a story I'd like to get us a little story to kind of warm us up a little bit. This is by Jessica Chapel. Uh, Railbird is the actual site. Napravnik on fire, March 1969. Diane Crump became the first female jockey to ever win an American stakes race taking the Spring Fiesta Cup aboard Easy Line, paying $21 at the fairgrounds. On Saturday, Anna Rosie Napravnik became the first female rider to win the Grade Two Louisiana Derby at the same historic track. Now, how cool is that? Those who have followed the 23-year-old since her start in the Mid-Atlantic Circuit in 05 probably wouldn't call her a newfound stardom unexpected. It only seemed a matter of time, because the people that really had 
seen the Napravnik magic that makes horses run like they never before. New Orleans horsemen are now well acquainted with their skill and talent. It's not magic. It's just old-fashioned hard work possessed by the rising jockey. Uh, apparently early in the meet, they picked up on Rosie there. Uh, they, they said, that, you know, according to horsemen down there, if she keeps it up, Napravnik will be one of the greatest riders of either sex. I think that is just really Really, a, a great compliment. 23 years of age, and uh, first woman to win the meet and the Louisiana Derby. What a way to wrap up Louisiana racing down there. In addition, Louisiana Derby win makes history. I just cannot believe this. And so far nationally, she's ranked fourth by earnings, second by wins, and plans to ride at Keeneland next month before returning to Delaware. Do you think there's going to be a stop at Churchill Towns in between? Kelly Breen said that the Louisiana Derby winner, pants on fire, is derby bound and pointed that way with all fingers crossed and hoping everything comes out oh so well. I just cannot wait. I really am excited for this one. Actually, uh, Mucho Macho Man may have had a, had a little bit of an excuse in there. I keep hearing uh, loss of a shoe. Don't know if that is the... 110% truth, but I'm sure it's about 98% true, or they just would not have said it. Kentucky Derby future wagers will fly down these real Pool number three, Animal Kingdom, 30 to 1. Anthony's Cross, 50 to 1. Astrology, 50 to 1. Brethren is 50 to 1. Coming to the top was 50, but out now. The gelding is out. Dialed in, 10 to 1. Decisive moment, 50 to 1. Elite Alex, 30 to 1. Jay Cito is 20 to 1. Mr. Commons, 50 to 1. Mucho Macho Man, 30 to 1. Nero, 30 to 1. Pants on Fire, 20 to 1. Premier Pegasus, 8 to 1. Santiva, is 30 to 1. Silver Medalla, 30 to 1. Sold at 10 to 1. Stay Thirsty, 20 to 1. The Factor, 6 to 1. To Honor and Serve, 15 to 1. Twice the Appeal is 50. Uncle Mo, 3 to 1. Watch Me Go, 50 to 1. In the Mutual Field, all other three year olds right now are 10 to 1 before anything happens. To me, it's, 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 it's just crazy. We're already on pool number three. It only draws us that much closer that first Saturday in May, and it draws us closer to our break. And then we get our guest of the week, Mr. Alex Elise. We're going to head out to that break. We're going to make it happen. And when we return, we're going to be chatting with Mr. Alex Elise. But you're only going to get it if you stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us each and every Thursday 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the sport of kings. Check us out at www.winningponies.com. Stop gambling, start winning. Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on a gentleman of racing and someone many riders have looked up to for many years, as well as fans, professional rider, actor, and winemaker, Mr. Alex Elise. Alex, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing very well. Now, that's a lot of hats. Uh, professional rider, you're an actor uh, on the, the series Jockeys and Winemaker. I mean, do you ever find time to maybe squeeze in a little golf? Um, actually, I try. Uh, um, I, I, I try to play a little golf. We had a nice tournament, uh, actually, for the Florida Derby on Tuesday, where uh, the, a lot of benefit was done for uh, Jockey. Iwakoa did show up, and uh, we saw him walking a little bit, and he was doing really good. So, yes, I do a little a little golf, too. Our prayers and thoughts are with uh, Mr. Koa as he's going through this. Every time we read, yeah, any fan, that is, uh, about a rider going down, uh, it just uh, it brings to light, uh, you know, how dangerous the sport is, but how beautiful in the, in the same breath. Alex, uh, once again, thanks for taking time to join us. Uh, you were born in Panama and enrolled in the Panamanian Jockey School, I believe. Now, if I have anything wrong, correct me immediately. At 14 years, could you tell our listeners a little bit about this prestigious school and what makes it great? Uh, yes, I was. Just like you mentioned, I was enrolled into the Jockey School at 14 years old. I was there for two years, and then I got my license. I uh, rode in Panama for five months, and I got a contract to ride in Miami. And uh, I believe the Jackie School has uh, produced a lot of incredible riders like uh, Lafitte Pinkai, uh, 
a Jorge Velasquez, Braulio Baeza, Manoli Casa, Jacinto Vázquez, René Douglas, a Martín Pedrosa, a Sebastián Madrid, Julián Escano, Cornelio Velasquez. And I can go on and on for hours and mention so many incredible writers. And I think what it makes it so special is not only that the school tried to teach you so many good things, but uh, the Panamanian people, I'm talking about the, horn, the horsemen, the uh, owners and trainers, they're, they're so much involved into trying to help out these young kids to come into the jockey school and they take them, take them under their wings and, and try to help them out as many ways they can. And I think... Uh, that's one of the, the one of the reasons that that really uh, it, it works and, and it makes you such a good horseman because they teach you everything they know, every aspect from training to owners to a groom. They teach you how to take care of the horse, and and you learn all the bases. You have to be a horseman. You have to learn how to take care of the horse, and then you learn how to ride. And we're so lucky that we have so many incredible riders before us that we can take any of those styles and make you own. We've always heard so much about it, and I'm sure you know that Chris McCarron has a riding academy in Lexington, Kentucky. Yes, I mean, um, this, uh, Chris is a buddy of mine, and yeah, he's, he's doing a really good a really good job with that, but um, I think for, for any of these school, uh, really what really helped us uh, to get the whole community of horse racing to get involved to try to help out in every which way to teach these kids to to love this sport, to respect the horses, and be a great horse uh, horseman to take care of all the horses in every aspect of, of racing and, and and when they're in the stall, when when you you're learning how to to ride and you groom, you 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 helping 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 out to to groom the horse and and that's what it makes make you make you special in the in the industry as you learn how to be a really good horseman and in fact it's been exciting to watch you ply your trade you, you do it with such eloquence and in artistry and as i said uh, before it, whether it be on top by 10 or dead last by many if need be you always look uh, look the part in the saddle very steady and calm and i and i've always and i could always pick you out even if i didn't have a program uh, just by watching you ride Alex, who were some of your personal role models in your career, other riders that really made an impact on you? Well, to start, um, there were many, three or four guys uh, when I started in the Jackie School in Panama. Uh, many, of you, many of those guys, you probably don't know who they are, but um, you know, there were guys like Victor Teada. He came and rode here for a few years. And there were a few other guys in Panama, but the guy that really, uh, really got such a uh, great um, uh, impact in my heart uh, when I saw him ride it the first the first time was La Philippine Kai. Uh, when I saw him ride it the first time and 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 I was uh, watching him ride in the Kentucky Derby and all the races, uh, all the big races in in America. And I was in the Jackie School. I always say I wanted to be like like that guy. And when I came to America, um, uh, I came to Florida first, and and I met. So many incredible guys like uh, Gene San Leone was incredible rider, and then then I met uh, uh, Jorge Velasquez, and I met of course Angel Cordero, and Jacinto, and Jeff Field, uh, Dan Bromfield, and so many other riders here that that right away I wanted to learn. I, I was uh, I wanted to be like them, and that really helped me to get to the next level. And of course, when I moved my tag to. 
California, uh, that's it was another incredible place to be. And and then and the Jackie's room, I, I was around Shoemaker, Bill Shoemaker, and I was around uh, around uh, Eddie De La Jose's, and I was around a sleeping car because my hero, that I was the, the most greatest thing that happened to me, that I was sitting next to him every single day. We had the same ballot to take care of us. And, and of course, a buddy of mine that uh, we played golf and did everything together, Chris McCarron, that I admire with all my heart. And another guy that had such incredible impact on me, and especially riding in the grass, was Fernando Toro. And, uh, of course, uh, Gary Steven is a good friend of mine and uh, a few of the guys that, that I admire. So uh, I thought for me to get to the next level, I just needed to, to push myself and, and learn from there and to, to get better. And um, I just feel very fortunate to to be around those guys. And um, I, like I said, trying to say that I have many guys that, that I admire and um, they help me to get to what I'm at, what I am right now. It sounds like quite a fraternity of, of who's who and, and, and who better to model yourself after than, than the names that you had just mentioned, incredible riders. I have to ask you the nickel question. Who was the toughest rider at the top of the lane you did want to hook up with? Um, well, I mean, they're, 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 all, they're all special. As you go from, from a Georgia Velasquez, I was so strong and, and determined to – to a guy like Angel Cordero that, you know, he liked to he liked to push you out and in and that's you know, he plays plays all his tricks. And then uh, another guy that I sorry that I didn't mention that I love his style and uh, that was his he was so awesome was was Pate. I loved his style and how quiet he was. But getting back to your question, uh I have to say it was La Sipping guy. It was a guy <laughs> that you had to go by him and, and and, and just don't mess or try to go head and head with him and, and try to finish him because you were dead. You were dead. And um, that's one of the things that I always admire about him. You have, to, you have to go by him really quick or be in front of him, but don't go down the stretch head and head with him because he will come up and beat you again. He'll school you on a daily basis if you if you On a daily basis. <laughs> you had so many so many great runners and great success in the saddle. Can you name a few in your heart that are your favorite horses? Um, I, I, I really have to mention. Um, I have to mention my first big horse that I had. There was um, uh, it's not Chief. Um, I won. I don't know how many. Uh, I think I won like thirteen big races on him. I won. I don't know ten. Uh, seven, eight, nine, great ones. Uh, I won the Florida Derby. Uh, won the Sanita Derby the same year. What he did it was inc- incredible. To win the Sanita Derby and won, and came to to Florida and won the Florida Derby. And then of course he got beaten in the Kentucky Derby and he come back and won the Preakness. And then he went on and won the uh, Jersey Derby. It was very amazing. Another horse that I that I love very much. Uh, uh, horse with a lot of uh, character. Uh, Conagol. Um, uh, another horse I called uh, Pleasantly Perfect was an incredible horse that I won the Dubai World Cup and won the British Cup Classic with and and of course a little filly called Megahertz that she has so much heart she, she didn't weigh no more and six, seven hundred pounds and <laughs> and I mean she had that incredible run down the stretch and we we, we just we used to joke around and, and play 
play with the owner that, you know, she could have gone in between horses, uh, the other horses that were so much bigger than her, she could have gone in between horses and, and win the race too. So uh, that's a little, she was, but her heart was um, uh, incredible, was bigger than the grandstand. And uh, uh, then uh, Dixie Junior and uh, Johar and, and so on and so on. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, being, I'm being very blessed. I'm being very blessed. Yes, uh, yes, sir. You have, and uh, it's been a, it's been a blessing to actually watch you. Uh, it, it's it's just like watching sweet music being made when someone's in tune with a with a fine uh, equine athlete and uh, coming together. And it's just it's just there's no greater sport out there as as many of us know, who fans ourselves. And 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 then I've watched for many years, and it's just been incredible uh, to be a spectator for that. For all the beautiful tracks that you've ridden. If you had to pick one, you could only pick one, which would be your favorite? <laughs> Man, you made it tough. You made it tough on me because uh, there, there's so many, there's okay, so many incredible tracks. They offer so many incredible things, and and, and you can go from from Del Mar to Del Mar. That is right. I mean, you will go quite a mile and get down. You down at the beach to. Santa Anita that you're up in, in the San Gabriel Mountain, and then you to go to Churchill Down, you're talking about history. You go to Saratoga, there's so much history again. And then you go you go to, to Belmont, that is incredible, humongous Contiwood track. And then uh, you can go to Gulfstream Park. Uh, that's like, to me, it's like one of my cradles, you know, that that's what I started in. And then you go to Dubai, and they have so much to offer, and they have moved forward so quickly with racing. And then you go to Japanese uh, Japanese tracks, you know, they, they take so much pride in their sport. So, I mean, all these places, they, they have so much to offer that I just feel very fortunate to to have experienced all of this. And I'll be, I'll be lying to myself that I say, oh, this is the greatest place. I, I think... I'm just very blessed to have experienced them all. I'm going to file that under silly question because that's like trying to pick a favorite child. Uh, some, some of that means so much to you each and every place. Uh, every every rider that I've seen, uh, they, I've seen some do yoga, some do meditation, some take a nap. Every rider has a to-do list in their head, uh, you know, of, of what they do before a race. Do you have any pre-race rituals? I do. I I do a lot of trainings. Uh, that's one of the things uh, that teach you in Panama before you start in the jacket school. You have to do a few laps around the racetrack and few exercises. Uh, we have some mechanical horses. Before the one was invented here, we had it in Panama. And uh, so I am very in tune before I start riding. I, I do few. Uh, I have to do some kind of exercise. I do a lot of running. When I'm in California, I go up in the, in the mountains, the St. Gabriel Mountains, and do a lot of hiking at least three, four times a week. I do a lot of running around the racetrack. Um, I'm down here in, um, in Miami right now, so I live uh, a minute from the beach. So I go down to the to the beach and, and run uh, up and down the beach. And, and of course, I go to the track uh, at least two, three, uh, two times a, a week, and I run in the racetrack. So... And, uh, you know, it works for me, and I, it's one of the things that I do that, that I feel good. Um, I do a little bit of mechanical, the mechanical horse and the jackie's wrong, and that's, it works for me. And I really enjoy it. It keeps me fit. And it keeps you fit. What more could you ask for there? I, I have to ask you, with uh, with more than 4,800 wins, 280 greatest stakes, uh, 
uh, you know, a, a very impressive uh, earnings. Uh, it's time to celebrate, and you created a private wine label to toast the day. Can you tell us about your hobby and passion of winemaking? Yes, uh, I started with uh, uh, one of my best friends and uh, uh, incredible writer that you all know, uh, Mike Smith. Uh, Mike Smith, uh, of course, everybody knows Rosignal and many other horses, and uh, we, we've been with great friends and another friend of us, uh, their own horses, uh, Tom Leonard, and the name of the wine is called Jinetes. Uh, um, Rider in Spanish? Uh, this means Jackies in Spanish. Jackie? Uh, you can check it out in jinetteswine.com. Uh, the way things in English is like jinetteswine.com. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yes, I, I've been collecting wine for 25 years. And uh, five years, uh, four years ago, Mike and I and, and Tom decided that we want to make our own wine. And we got into the a little bit, a bit uh, adventure of doing it. And, and two years ago, we released our first wine and, it had done very good. We don't make a lot of a lot of it. We only make 250 cases, and hmm. and uh, we really enjoy it. Uh, uh, a lot of people being very supportive, and and, uh, and uh, if, if anybody would like to um, uh, to check it check it out, they they go they can go into Hinetes uh, spelled J I N E T E Wine dot com and check it out. Um, and again, it's, um, it's another passion that, that we have and, and, and we love. And I think as you check the label, you will get, you will get a kick out of it. Um, uh, we have one of those little characters that, uh, pets from the racing for Max and, and we have a great idea of every year change the label to different characters and, and the, and the battle, um, this year we we have Mike and I, and the next few years we'd like to have uh, uh, all the other writers. Uh, have John Velasquez, Lafitte, uh, Georgie, Pate, um, uh, all these guys, you know. Um, so it's uh, it's been a, a good adventure, a good experience, and and uh, like Mike and I, we talk as like one of our babies. So um, <laughs> check it out. I sure will. It's going to be the first site I'm going to look at right at the end of the show. Well, Mr. Solis, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking time to be with us this evening. We wish you and yours the best on and off the track. Best of luck, my friend, and we'll be looking for you in the winter circle soon. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, buddy, and uh, good luck to everybody. Thank you very much. Mr. Alex Elise, gentlemen in the saddle. Now we're going to be talking with one of racing's darlings. Winning Ponies is excited to chat with 23-year-old sensation. First lady to win the Louisiana Derby aboard Pants on Fire and won the title, concluding the 139th year of racing at the fairgrounds, Miss Rosie Napravnik. Rosie, are you there? I'm here. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for taking time while you're traveling. We had Alex Solis on, as you probably caught a little bit of that there. And uh, he was talking about winemaking, a little bit of everything. He sounds like a renaissance man, doesn't he? He sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like they have quite the passion uh, on the side of racing, which is great. (laughs) Yes, he surely does, and he's, he was exciting to listen to. And once again, thanks for taking time to be here with us this evening. You, you hail from Morristown, New Jersey, I believe. Can you give us a little synopsis of how you found your way into the saddle? Um, well, first of all, I just want to let you know I'm driving somewhere through Alabama, so if my service goes out, I apologize ahead of time, but I don't know what to expect. 
Um, I'm actually not from Morristown. That's okay. a common uh, mistake in a lot of the articles you might read. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Mendham when I was born at home, um, but I grew up in Highbridge, New Jersey, um, is where you know my hometown. And um, I actually my my mother managed a an eventing barn that was in Bedminster, New Jersey. So I, that's where I grew up on the farm. So I don't really have any connection with Morristown. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, we'll scratch out Morristown, but we do got New Jersey, right? So we, we're batting 500 right there. What is the youngest you can remember being in the saddle aboard a horse? Um, probably before I can remember. I know that I was riding by the time I was two, and I was competing, I think, by the time I was three. By three in a 23 uh, riding sensation and taught the Cajun boys a lesson down there, tongue-in-cheek there. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun watching you have such a successful meet. Uh, 2006, a breakout year for you. Uh, you finished 31st in the National Earnings and runner-up to Julian Le Peru for Eclipse Award as Outstanding Apprentice. Uh, that had to bring up some, uh, some pretty exciting times in your life. At the same time, you won titles at Pimlico and Laurel, I believe, at all four meets. Yeah, that was a, 2006 was an excellent year for me. It was, um, it, was the, it was the first year that I hadn't had an injury as well. So it was all, I, I was injured in the November of 05 and January of 07. So 06 was like straight through. I mean, we were on a roll the whole year, and it was a great year. We had a ton of races down um, in Maryland, and um, which I, I just love Maryland. And I miss riding there, but uh, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a wave ride back then, and um, it's, it's continued to be that way. <laughs> well, and and you, your your wild ride has just been incredible to watch from a fan's perspective, and and it's just so exciting. Right now, you said you you're you're in transit, you were traveling, and you're traveling to. Um. I'm actually on my way to Delaware, which I'm only staying for a few days before I head over to Kentucky. Um, for a month, uh, originally I was going to go for the Keeneland meet, and, um, and now apparently I'm going to be staying through the Derby. Wow. With with the Derby, uh, you know, in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and Lexington's right in the middle of Kentucky, it, it looks like uh, uh, heaven's version of a racetrack fell on earth when you see Keeneland. I don't know if you've actually had the, the privilege of being there. It's, it's just gorgeous, and, and you'll fit so well into the jockey colony there. With the Louisiana Derby still fresh in our mind and pants on fire, from the gate, you settled into a beautiful spot lane second, and as they break away from there, you head the fine turn. Can you take us from flag fall to that's all and give us the journey of what it was like? Yeah, um, pants on fire, he's a great horse to ride, and he was, you know, he was just very kind. He's a big, strong horse with a big, long stride, and I just, I loved him. Um, he, Kelly Breen had told me, and actually Joe Bravo had also told me, you know, he's he's gonna he'll break sharp, but he, you know, he kind of got to hustle him away from there a little bit to get your position, which was very accurate. And so, um, I broke out of the gates, you know, hoping to be on the lead, and um, that that was, you know, probably where he runs his best is on the lead. Um, so when Lion Drive went out and um just got the jump on us out of the gate and went straight to the front. I didn't have any problems laying second off of him. And, you know, laying outside, that horse was about 99 to 1. And um, so laying right outside, sitting second off of him was pretty content. And, uh, my horse was content and relaxed. Um, 
And turning for home, we we picked off that horse very easily, just cruised by him. And, uh, you know, when I asked Hands on Fire, he accelerated, and I wasn't quite sure, you know, when when you look at the racing form, didn't really know what to expect from him because it looks like he hasn't had a lot of experience. He'd only won one race before then, but has been improving, you know, consistently. Um, and when I asked him to go down the lane, I had, you know, all the horse that I, I needed. And when he, uh, when Mucho Macho Man came up next to us, I thought we were really in trouble. And I said, oh, here they go past us, you know, here we are, the rabbit, and here, yeah, everyone's going to fly by us. But when Mucho Macho came up next to us, he, pants on fire, was not going to give up. He gave me another surge. And then getting even closer to the wire, when I figured that we had that horse taken care of and we were going to beat Mucho Macho Man, then the, another horse came up the inside, Nahero, and, you know, we pants on fire knew it was there. I knew it was there, and <laughs> we held <laughs> off that one, too. And he was an excellent horse to ride. It was just a really fun race. It was an exciting finish. From the, you made your move right before the quarter pole, and once they straightened for home, you, you've, you did so well. And it just the extension of the track was just part of you. You just rode it so perfectly. I was watching you. It was just like you were conducting a symphony down the lane. They were coming to you, and you held on just enough. And you really weren't going stick crazy or going to the encourager. You got down. I watched right. I watched it three times really close. It looked like you really got down the old-fashioned way and started and pumping and driving and uh, looking for the wire. But when you crossed that wire, did it hit home then? Um, I've said a couple of times before, a couple of strides before we hit the wire, when I, and I knew, you know, just right before the wire, and I knew I had the race won, I thought to myself, I said, well, wait a second. I said, this is the Derby, right? Like, am, <laughs> am I, am I like mistaken? Like maybe it was one of the other things. No, this is the Derby. And then when I got across the wire, it was just, um, it was, wow, I just won the Louisiana Derby. It was an <laughs> unbelievable excitement. And, you know, it was unexpected. The horse, you know, like everyone said, he was a rabbit. And, and you know, the other horse of Kelly Breen's, you know, may have looked at, been looked at as the better horse. Um, but, Kelly told me to ride to win, and and um, that's exactly what I did. And you know, it's it's hard to balance that when you know you're the speed and you got an entry, and you're in a race that's pretty tough. Um, but it, to ride with confidence in that situation is hard to do because you're not sure really how much horse you're going to have left. So turn it for home. It was like I I still got plenty of horse underneath me. I'm going to wait a couple more jumps. It was it was an incredible finish, and you know, and, and it was a lot of history in the making. Actually, I alluded to it earlier in the program. Diane Crump in 1969 rode the first stakes winner there with Easy Lime, and then you were the first woman to to win the Louisiana Derby and the meet in 139 years. Incredible girl power there. It's, it's really an honor, and I wish, um, you know, not being from Louisiana. Um, and meeting all these guys for the first time. But, you know, if I look at it, um, it's just, it's unbelievable. The history of fairgrounds is one of the, you know, the oldest racetracks. And um, it's it's just, uh, it's great to have been riding down there and doing so well. It's unbelievable. And, you know, never would have expected the riding title or the Louisiana Derby win, especially, you know, the first season down there. But um, it's just an honor to be there. And looking back at the history, it, it really makes, you know, it makes you feel really great. 
you know, it was it was so interesting to hear you say, you know, you're talking about staying in Kentucky for the month. Kelly Breen going to Louisville if everything goes with fingers crossed and, you know, not a hair out of place. Are you going to still retain the mount? Yes. Um, as far as I know, I'm invited to Kentucky as long as the horse goes there. <laughs> so uh, that's actually Kelly called me the other day, and he, he, he called me just to tell me that I sh- – I, to ask me where I was going after fairgrounds and to make sure that I didn't miss out on the week leading up to the Derby in Kentucky. He said, he said, make sure you're there for Derby week. Otherwise you'll feel like you missed out. Agreed. And I, 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 I would love to see it happen. It's been since uh, 2003, and Rosemary Homeister uh, rode in the Derby. But you know, aside from that, I, I want to see the best rider of any sex take down the race, and uh, and I think that you're you're definitely in the makings, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun watching you play your trade. You've ridden in Maryland, New York, uh, the, the fairgrounds here of late. Do you have any mentors along the way, other riders that have helped you professionally? Um, I have had a few riders that have helped me. Uh, one, one, actually, the first rider that ever helped me was Bill Moorefield, and that was before I even rode my first race. Um, he he kind of coached me on the equisize a little bit, and he really helped me out a lot. Um, another rider, and he was retired by that time. Um, another retired rider that that has helped me a lot, and I feel as a mentor, is Adam Campola, and he was a um, he is still the clerk of scales in Maryland and was when I was riding there. And he would, you know, he was always, I always sat in his office when I wasn't on the track and just, you know, talk with him, watch races, discuss things. He would, you know, give me honest opinions, you know, give me uh, constructive criticism, all that. Um, he was definitely a mentor of mine. And then um, the first winter that I went to New York, I think before that, or maybe, you know what, it was the summer before that. Um, well, actually, when I had a, I was still laid up with a broken leg, and I, um, I spent uh, a little bit of time with Angel Cordero. Um, he was actually coaching another rider that I was good friends with, and I was there kind of all along with that. And um, he, it was it was amazing that Angel, um, he could, you could pick things out of just the most fundamental lessons that he would teach. Um, just the most fundamental things that he would be trying to relay, and you can just pick all these kinds of little specific things that he would do that to make that whatever it was better. Um, so that was a really great experience as well. The mark of a great teacher to be able to to take the uh, the impossible and the difficult and and translate it into uh, into terms that uh, you can actually apply. That that is the mark of a of true mentor and teacher a- as a writer. Is there a secret to your success? Is it hard work, working out, your ability to communicate with the horses? Uh, is there is there any is there any nepravic magic we should know about? Um, I think a lot of being successful as a rider is um, just you know looking at some of the, the riders that I that I thought should have been successful that weren't. I think as a, a po- other than actual talent on a horse and um, on the racetrack and smarts like that, which obviously, you know, you're going to need to have. Um, just, and you know, your attitude, your work ethic, um, attitude's a big thing. You know, people want you to be humble. They want you to be positive. They want you to be hardworking and appreciative. And that, that will really take a rider a long way. And I think um, I w- I've been surrounded by 
really good influences in that area. And so that's, you know, and I'm even becoming better at, at, you know, being positive and, you know, just moving forward and working hard. I mean, I've always, I grew up as a hard worker and was kind of born and raised with a good work ethic, but um, I think keep it, you know, my influences have really led me in, in a very positive and straightforward direction, and that's helped me a lot. You know, when we're chatting, it's it's hard to believe. You're 23 years old. I watched you, uh, your your abilities on the track, and after listening to you, uh, you, you seem just so focused and, 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 and driven in a way that's uh, kind of like pressure through a pipe, that uh, you're controlled and, and you're measured. And, and I think that, uh, that it's going to be a whole lot of fun watching you uh, for, for years to come. And as, as, as being as young as you are and a young professional, do you have any words of advice for other young aspiring riders trying to cut their teeth and make it on the way up? Um, I, yeah, I think, and I think focus is probably a really great word to use. I actually am criticized for being, like, uh, standoffish or stuck up, but I always like to say, you know, I'm just really focused on what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm got things rolling through my head all the time, and I'm, you know, thinking about what's the best way to do this, what's the best way to go about that, and there's a lot of decisions to be made in this business, and they're very valuable decisions most of the time. I mean, where are you, you going to have the bug? Where are you going to go after the bug? Um, you know, I, I put a lot into the, I put a lot of thought into the decisions that I have made throughout my career and almost sometimes too much thought and too much analysis on what, you know, what's this going to, what's going to happen if I do this, what's going to happen if I do that. Um, and a lot of times you're never really going to know. Uh, but I, I guess it needs to be a balance between taking chances and really having an educated, well thought out uh, I want to say plan, but plans don't really go well on the racetrack. <laughs> but you have to have a really, you know, you have to have a goal, and you got to have a plan of attack for that goal, and um, you know, and then also you have to take chances too. But um, staying focused and being positive and working hard is probably um, going to get any riders furthest. I've heard that from any interview, anything that I've read for every professional athlete or professional in general that's been at the top of their game. Focus and uh, attitude mean so much, and this seems to be the mark of the professional, whereas people that uh, succeed actually have their ducks in a row. And and at 23 years old, I, I am just so impressed with your abilities. And, and, uh, and, I, and I, as I said before, I think the future looks bright ahead. Rosie, the final four questions is how we round up our interview. And just like Jeopardy, but there's no money involved here, okay? <laughs> but it's just like Jeopardy. There's four rapid questions. Yes, no, whatever you say, it, it always works. And uh, you're in charge. Are you up for the final four questions? Uh, I'm ready. All right. Question one. Do you have a hobby or something you do away from the track? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I ride horses <laughs> away from the track. Um, okay. I, my hobby, I, one of my hobbies is riding horses. I have my own horse, and uh, my sister trains steeplechase horses and uh, flat horses. My mother has um, eventing horses and other horses on um on the farm, she does show horses and training in that respect. Um, and I enjoy nothing more than uh, riding with my mother and my sister um, for pleasure. And, um, you know, I 
I really love to do that. Um, I love to do other things. One of my other favorite things to do is dancing. And All like right. I said, I love going out dancing. <laughs> and, um, that's, you know, I always say if I wasn't a jockey, I would have liked to be a dancer. <laughs> dancing with the stars is in your future, young lady. Question number two, where's your favorite place to dine when you're in New Orleans? Oh, that is such a tough question. Favorite place to dine when I'm in New Orleans. There are so many good places to dine. I don't think you could pick one out. I mean, we have um, we have so many favorite places that we like to go, and it's it's, it's endless. It's like, and they're all <laughs> where we live. They're all convenient. They're all unique from one another, and the food, the quality of the food down there is just exceptional. So I couldn't even pick one out. We'll just say everywhere, and that way there's nobody with hurt. New Orleans. Just go to New Orleans. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't go wrong. Question three, what benefit as a rider to, is it to having a great relationship with your agent? Say that again. What benefit is it is it to have a great relationship with your agent? Oh, um, well, I mean, <laughs> you spend a lot of time with your agent. <laughs> I always tell, I've always told my agents, I'm your work wife, so get used to it because you're going to spend a lot of time together. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I always look at, as, at my agent as someone that I hire to, to, um, to make decisions um, based on my best, the best interest of my career. So, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to trust your agent. You have to um, get along with them as, you know, really important because it just makes the relationship easier. Um, you guys have to, you know, you have to be on the same page as far as what you like, what you don't like, and what you want to do, what you don't want to do. So, I mean, it's very important and, and it's a huge benefit if you guys are, if you can, uh, if you know one, each, one another and what you would, what one another expects from each other. It's a great right and left hand. I, I know many great agents that uh, have had uh, some wonderful relationships over the years. It is very important. Everyone agrees that uh, a very necessary component to their life. Final question. In the next two to three years, what circuits do you want to be riding on? Oh, New Orleans, the fairground circuit. Well, this being my first year in New Orleans, um, and obviously a great season that it was. Um, I, my fiance and I just purchased a house down here, so obviously uh, <laughs> we're both planning on coming back here and riding the circuit. And um, Delaware has been very uh, lucrative as well for both of us, so um, if that circuit's going to continue to work for us, and that's where we want to be. Wait till you see Lexington, Kentucky, and then make your way over to Lowell, but Lexington is... Well, wow. uh, Kentucky kind of fits in there because the Kentucky meets being in the spring and fall, um, you know, like uh, this year I'm going to go to Keeneland um, mm -hmm. in between the meets, and it's good timing. And, uh, you know, last year I spent quite a – I went down for the Breeders' Cup to Churchill, but I spent quite a, time, quite a bit of time there too. So, um, you know, that's also – Kentucky can can definitely fit in, you know, to that and to that circuit, and that's – you know, Kentucky is where where the uh, where the good horses are. So, and a lot of the outfits from fairgrounds go there. And I mean, absolutely. When we get uh, we like having the opportunity to go ride the Keeneland meet and um, having good horses go there, that's absolutely what we're going to do. 
I'm about 75 miles north of Keeneland, and when I'm there, uh, uh, the uh, the racing secretary, Ben, ben Huffman, is a good friend, as well as many of the racing officials. I'll introduce myself proper right before you cross over, but you'll love it there. But, Rosie, it has I, been... I pl- actually have ridden at Keeneland, and it's, uh, I mean, I, like, I love Keeneland more than I love Saratoga. <laughs> I mean, right, wow. they're both great places to ride, but I don't know what it is about when I was riding at Keeneland. Um, this past fall, it was, I was there and I, uh, I rode three races and won two of them and one was the stake and it was just, it was a great experience and I loved Lexington and I really loved the racetrack at Keeneland. Um, oh, my apologies yeah, on the, on the misfire there. to say that I like it better than Saratoga and I've ridden there <laughs> too, so, um, and Saratoga is an absolutely beautiful place and, you know, the crowds there are unbelievable too and the fans and everything, so both great places to ride, but Keeneland's one of my favorites. Well, we look forward to having you down there in the Jockey Colony. It's going to be a lot of fun. Rosie, it's been a pleasure to speak with you, an honor and a pleasure. And on behalf of everyone at Winning Ponies, we wish you the best. And congratulations, you and your fiancé, and and on a great fairgrounds meet and a historic Louisiana Derby win. Girl, the future looks bright ahead. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and we, we thank you for taking your time with us this evening. Thank you so much. It was great to be on here. Thank you, Rosie. Best of luck. Rosie Napravnik followed up by Alex Solis. We've had on quite a night indeed. Well, we got just a little bit of time, and we'll run down some, uh, some action here we like. In the aqueduct, we're going to go to race number nine, a mile and an eighth in the grade three Excelsior. We like the two inherit the gold, and uh, Eddie Castro aboard here, four in a row. Nice New York bread indeed. And inherit the gold in the Excelsior. Uh, they're back on the outer track now in New York, so uh, no more inner track. So, and uh, and then we go to Gulfstream in race ten. We like the three also Maria, Johnny Velasquez, and uh, riding for Todd Pletcher. Race eleven, the Gulfstream Oaks, a Grade Two event, tons of speed, sets up really nicely for our heat lightning. I really like this runner there. Those two at Gulfstream race ten, also Maria race eleven, our heat lightning. Then I'll finish out my selections at Santa Anita race number four, the Grade Three Los Flores, the three Mother Ruth. Well. Time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. This week was definitely no different. Winning Ponies would like to thank Mr. Alex Elise and Miss Rosie Napravnik for taking time to be with us and you for tuning in. So until next week, as always, enjoy the time because the run for the roses is creeping up on us. May your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.